a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys put some mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Passes. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. It's like the, the dregs at the bottom of the bottle that it's warm, but you, you still drink it. This is Table Talk Radio. And That's we, disgusting. <laughs> like I said, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> You know, it's just like. Thanks for the reminder. I know it's going to be warm and not good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it anyway because it's it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've done it before. (laughs) And all of our people are admitted it. it. You talk to your friends. They're like, I listen to Table Talk Radio. Like, "Ah, I know. I've done it too. (laughs) Well, uh, apparently somebody has been doing some episode planning for Table Talk Radio. We don't even know who it is. I don't. I, I know we're looking at the Trello. We're like, someone got into the Trello and put all these things in here. And episode, neither one of us know who did it. <laughs> someone hacked our account just so that we would be prepped for a show. <laughs> like, Lord have mercy, let me just hack in there and plan something for them. <laughs> Looks pretty good. Uh, critique we'll a church it. mission statement, true or false, adverb rebuke, answer the question as. There's all sorts of things going on here. So here we go. Okay. Well, first buzzwords. You got one? I do. Missionary journeys. Hmm. Uh, we talk about the missionary journeys, uh, uh, when, especially when we talk about the life of St. Paul, who made four of them. The first missionary journey we call the first missionary journey. The second we call the second. You want to guess what we call the third? Uh, third? Yeah. The fourth is a little bit different because we. It, I don't know if we call it a missionary journey because mostly it's Paul's transport on a prison ship over to Rome, but we still, I guess, call that the fourth missionary journey. This is all has to do with the life of St. Paul. Uh, now, I'm thinking about this because uh, we're going to go see Steps of St. Paul next summer. We're going to do this next time. This, did you know that I was going to be plugging something? Are yeah, you shocked? I kind of resigned to the fact that it probably will be every show. Now, how about this for crazy? So next summer, we're going to do a trip to Germany. Da, 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 501st anniversary of the Reformation. It's even bigger than the 500th because it's one more year later. <laughs> uh, Matt Matt Richards and Jonathan Fisk, I hope, are going to be hosting that trip to Germany. How about that for kind of cool? All you have to do is and tell them I'm about host, it. Yeah, i got to see if, they're, if they want to do it. So I'm going to check with them. And then I'm going to do a Steps of St. Paul over to Greece after that in next June. And then, and, But then the missionary journey part is I've got this idea. I invented it something. That's not a word. Remember how I invented things? I just invented it. <laughs> Anyhow, I want to go see the missionaries. I've got this idea that we should go on trips to visit our missionaries. And uh, uh, Dave Wagner is over there in Spain doing some great work so i'm going to try to do next september 2018 a trip to spain 
to visit our missionaries and see the work over there. So if you guys are out there listening and you want to do these trips, uh, just send me a note, and we'll get, uh, we're going to get an email list started here pretty soon. should be hilarious. Wait. Mediocre, hilarious. What does that guy say? Mediocre, it's going to be all those things. Anyway. Mediocre and hilarious. So missionary journeys is your buzz. Okay. Missionary journey. That's that's not See what a missionary journey really... is in the Northwest District, though. I mean, the Northwest w- what District. What is it up there? Oh, it's, you know, going to the grocery store so you can talk to the clerk or going to get your mail of the mailbox, hoping to see a neighbor. That's a missionary journey. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's these, you know, encounters that you're, you're intentional about, you know. Yes, yes. You don't want to you don't want to go to the mailbox counters. and miss the opportunity to talk to the the mail postman. Just, you know, everything's a missionary. Oh. So, I got it. Glad, Should glad. I write that down? You guys are tracking the spirit? <laughs> uh, I don't Is that what you're doing over I there? Suppose we are. I, I don't really know. I don't spend much time on those emails. All right. Uh, my theological buzzword for you is nihilism. And this oh. is the just Utter rejection of all religion, uh, spirituality, morality. <laughs> it's basically that life is meaningless. Um, there's no purpose to life at all and anything beyond life whatsoever. So everything just has no meaning whatsoever. So huh. uh, how's that? That's sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nihilism. All right. So okay. since you have the Trello open, why don't you tell us what we're doing today? Uh, I'm looking at it. It says here, first, it says, item of interest, critique church mission statement. Then it says, true or false, biblically speaking. And then it says, adverb rebuke. And then it says, answer the question as. So I think that's our lineup. All right. Well, let's start with uh, critique church mission statement. Did we do this already? Here's the email. It says, thought you'd be able to use some of this stuff uh, in the program. All the best. Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. This is from the Garden Christian Assembly. Did we talk about this already? Doesn't sound familiar to me, but I don't really listen. It doesn't in the first place, huh? Anyway, it says this. It says uh, the mission first, and then the story. Uh, mission: find people who are far from God, walk with them to a place where they are close to God, and equip them to live a life of victory with and for God. I'm sure we've talked about that. You don't remember? <laughs> this is pretty bad. <laughs> we're, we're the host, <laughs> the host of the show don't even know what we've talked about. <laughs> well, we could talk about it again, and then we can go back and listen we'll and compare, compare if what yeah. we talked about last time was the same, uh, this sort of thing. So what do you think about that? Find people who are far from God, walk with them to a place where they're close to God, equip them to live a life of victory with them. Oh, yeah. God. I think we did do this. I think we've done this. Uh, I, now this is a huge thing because remember that the 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 theological paradigm of modern American uh, evangelicalism, modern American Christianity, is the picture of the relationship, right? I mean that is the thing that governs everything. The relation and you and when you think of the relationship that governs the picture that governs all of the discussion of theology in American Christianity. You got to think not only just of a relationship, but of the of the dating relationship of two freshman high schoolers. Do you know about that? You remember when you were a freshman? It's been a while, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And all you you remember this how it was when you were a freshman? All the girls were always uh, asking you out, and you're like, yes. "Ladies, I'm too interested in school and mm-hmm. and prayer." Usually, it was working out, but yes, we were working out. <laughs> Call me at five in the morning. I'll either be praying or working out. <laughs> 
That's how it was. And and your mom was like, you know, you ought to give some of those girls a chance. You're like, no way, mom. <laughs> yeah, that's. So now this is basically the picture of American Christianity is that we are all the kind of um, the girls who want to date Jesus. And we're not sure if he likes us or not. So we're trying to get his attention. Sometimes uh, the the more fundamentalists. This is this is going to be the difference between the fundamental the fundamentalists the evangelicals and the liberals. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fundamentalists Jesus plays hard to get. For the evangelical, Jesus ha- uh, is already really uh, excited about you, and you're playing hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> and all your friends are talking, trying to talk you into you know saying yes to his invitation, uh, and. Uh, and if you're a liberal, I don't know, this could go a number of different directions. Um, but if you're a liberal, it's it's not you that Jesus is interested in. It's your best friend. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to explain that it's, one to me. Yeah, it's because Jesus, it's because for the liberals, it's not a matter of salvation. It's always a matter of, you know, whatever. you got to save the world, et cetera, et cetera. So Jesus is, it's like... Uh, you know, it's like when you have the guy who's really interested in Habitat for Humanity, and so you go, and you're also going to go help build the house uh, uh, just to get his attention. That's how it is for the liberals. (laughs) But it's all, no matter what, it's all about the relationship. And with the relationship, then the sin is that we are far from God and that the salvation is that we're close to God. So here we have the church just embracing that completely in their mission. Find people who are far from God, walk with them to a place where they're close to God, equip them to live a life of victory with and for God. All law. Is is uh, law. is there anything in the scriptures that talks about closeness or being far away from God and this kind of thing? There is a few uh, passages. So uh, draw near to him. He draws near to you. Mm-hmm. I will never leave you or forsake you, etc. So we have, we do have those um, uh, that language in um, in the scriptures. But it, it's coming from a different. The, the picture is different. Um, in fact, the picture probably that the near and far will give is the picture of the of the shepherd and the sheep. You know, so the sheep wanders. And yet the, uh, the shepherd goes and finds them and draws them in so that they're part of the flock. It's not the, it's not the dating relationship. Like, you know, we haven't really Snapchatted that much recently. It seems like we're kind of growing apart. That is not the biblical picture of being near or far from God. Hmm. Well, going back to uh, what our emailer, uh, Jesse, wrote, says, um, story, this is from the church website, the Garden Christian Assembly believes that when people come together, presumably come together for church, it shouldn't be, quote, a religious experience. It should be a relevant Wait, stop there. That's it, because you say, I also agree that it shouldn't be a religious experience. But what is the word that they don't like in that? They don't like the word religious, as, whereas they, the word that they shouldn't like is the word experience. <laughs> Good heavens. It should instead be a relevant one. Church should leave you encouraged challenged and empowered to live god life to the fullest and we need to take a break god i'm gonna life. i'm gonna challenge you to stay in through this break so see if you can do another segment of table talk radio i encourage you so that you can be empowered to withstand anything on the radio you're listening to table talk radio we'll be right back what a story <laughs> the most persevering listeners in radio 
You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. That's right, we're back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The Garden Christian Assembly believes that when people come together, you know, it shouldn't be a religious experience. It should be a relevant experience. Church should always leave you encouraged, challenged, and empowered to live a to live God life to the fullest. What is God life? Do you know what God life yeah, is? Nope. Anyway, you should live to the nope. fullest. You? Says Mormon. Church. I wonder God if life. a God life is a thing or just something that they're made up. God life. Uh, what's the opposite of God life? It's not God death, I imagine. I bet it's devil life. Man life? Oh. Devil life. God life. Let's see what the Google says. <laughs> Answering all your questions by the Google. Hey, Google, what's God life? <laughs> God life. There's a website called it's, God life. It's okay, Google. That'll wake it up. Okay. Anything? Google. Any, any answers? Uh, there's just a bunch of God Life. Global Media Outreach has a fresh look for their website. What is God Life? Let me ask. Let me put this in the form of a question. What is God? Life? Okay, so let, while you're working on that, I'll just kind of work with the the contrast that this uh, church is setting up. That there's a religious experience, and that is counter the relevant experience. So we're, we're this church is trying to not be a religious experience, but is trying to be a relevant one. Uh, I suppose that makes the religious experience irrelevant. <laughs> like, hey, Jesus just told me he forgives me my sins. Irrelevant. I mean, to, how am I supposed to? What am I supposed to do at work tomorrow? That's what I want to know. I sometimes I think that, that, that as I stand in the pulpit and I say things about God based upon the text that was read a few minutes ago, uh, that for some people sitting in the pews, I hope for my congregation, not most of the people, but for some pe- people in the pews, that this might be the only time that they're really thinking about God all week. Um, hopefully not. You know, hopefully they're saying their prayers and their devotions and stuff. But but it is possible, I think, that for some people, the conversation of God never really enters their mind day in and day out. So thank the Lord that we have church <laughs> and a pastor to to make us think about these things once in a while. But then there are churches who are trying to say, we're trying to get out of the business of thinking about God, and we're going to get into the business of being relevant. <laughs> so now, I mean, coming to church is now an, abs- uh, uh, an absence of God talk, and it's going to be now a conversation about, I don't know, life talker. I don't I don't even know what relevant is. I, I guess I'm pretty irrelevant. Hmm. I would say. But we've known that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, am not so irrelevant because I use Google to answer questions. <laughs> yeah, this new thing called Google. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. It's this no, brand I found new thing. It. It's amazing. <laughs> Have you guys you heard about find Google? anything on here? <laughs> anyway. Hey guys, what's your favorite search engine? <laughs> I, I just I've been using Yahoo, but I was thinking about God answers. <laughs> just, What's your <laughs> okay? All right, what do you got there? Uh, that's all. Anything? Are we okay. done with that? Yeah, we're done. 
move we on. went back to the questions and found out that apparently the person who put those cards on the Trello board was us in preparation for our last show. <laughs> so we weren't worry, hacked. We got it all cleaned up. Yeah, don't worry. It wasn't that we were hacked. It was that we have done this for last week's show. Someone, anyway. Could you give someone our – we should give our listeners – how about this for crazy? We should give our – we should make a Trello board for planning our show and give listeners access to it so they can just directly input stuff. It'd be like have it'd be like a pick line, you know, straight to the heart. <laughs> I think you're that would uh, be an interesting overestimating our listeners' commitment. Have you seen the Facebook? No, eighteen people on the Facebook page are doing all sorts of stuff. Anyway, moving on to the next thing. You ready? You know that's basically what our email address is. I'm not sure why that's any different. That's true. People should know that when they send an email, it forwards straight to our Table Talk Radio so that we don't have to look at it in our inboxes. It's true. And and this is why you send an email and you hear a response like literally seven months later. That's right. <laughs> you want to look at this email? This is from John. Okay. Let's see where John's from. Columbia, Mo. Oh. Columbia? I didn't know we had any. Is Columbia in South America or Central America? Table Talk Radio where the jokes never get old. Columbia Mo. I think that's anyway, John. It's amazing these Pastor Wolf Miller, he says, spelled wrong on purpose. I hope it reminded that I Anglicanized your name. The spelling is certainly better than the original. Sadly, I was reading about repentance in my copy of the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, and I noticed that you have made a grave error in your error in your recent Table Talk Radio rant about adverbs, as I recall, only two adverbs were confessionally acceptable, rightly and gladly. <laughs> I've run across the use of the word shamelessly oh. in describing the position on repentance taken by the adversaries on the nature of repentance. I insist that you recognize your error, recant your statements, and accept the shamelessness of your adversaries. <laughs> Pastor Dave says hi in Christ John, Columbia Mo. This is a call to repentance, because remember how I don't like the adverbs? Uh-huh. And then you were uh, shamelessly verily, I don't like the ad- proven wrong. Shamelessly. Apparently, shame- apparently well, there's all sorts of adverbs in the Book of Concord. Although, not, I'm pretty sure this isn't in the original German. Oh, come on. Anyway, I repent. I verily, I repent. <laughs> I, I look... You got to be careful with the adverbs, though. They are the slipperiest. You want to extra prepositions. You want to describe this harangue pronouns. to people who don't know what you're talking about? No, I mean, I mean, this is a thing where because uh, it makes uh, distinctions where there are none. It, because it like so, you know, we used to have some sort of mission statement that said we vigorously make known the love of Christ, and it's like, well, I look, I don't want you to bind me to your adverbs. What if I want to? You know, excitedly make known the love of Christ. Or what if I even want to hesitantly do it? Well, you know what? How about we just how about we just work on the doing the thing first, and then worry about the attitude later, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. That's all. Okay, fair That's enough. That's all there is to that. All right. Now, on. next email. This is from Fort Wayne Inn. Fort Wayne Inn, where? Look, Fort Wayne Inn. I think incomplete sentence. This is from Veronica. Maybe she meant to say Veronica in Fort Wayne. No. Greetings, pastors. I guess my better judgment. Caps. Anyway, go on. And uh, in uh, direct contradiction to your frequent warnings, I've gone. I've you know I'm forty now. By the way, did you know I'm turned forty? You are over the hill. 
some some at some point someone's going to say you should not be goofing around like this. You should at last grow up. Is that all it but takes? You know what I found to be- tell you that all this time, I'm sure your wife has told you to grow up on many occasions. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, I love you, dear. Grow up. <laughs> So I can't remember her ever saying that. Now, whatever. Uh, um, what was I? I was go. I was going somewhere with this, but I forgot. That's how old I am. You're, yeah. Uh, you are turned forty. And... Trying to get serious. Quit goofing around. <laughs> Memory is first thing to go. Against my uh, back to the Veronica. <laughs> Against my better judgment, in direct contradiction to your frequent warnings. I have gone back through the archive, beginning with show number one. Oh, Huge mistake. Why would you do that? In the 54th episode, Pastor W. giddily exclaimed, I, <laughs> Look, that is a, definitely an adverb that I am against. If there's ever an adverb that but, I stand in opposition to, it's giddily. But is there a difference between um, adverbs in talking about what's happened in the past versus what will happen in the future? Because... No, not that, well. That, that can be yeah, verified. Suppose, we could go back and listen to episode 54 and listen to you giddily explain something. I, giddily is an adjective, is an, excuse me, is an adverb for the girls. Okay. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I you mean, know, as it's used in a sentence. Lightheartedly. <laughs> with great joy in the that's, gospel. That's before he was 40. He, he, he was giddily right. when he was 35, but. Now that I don't nothing giddily now. <laughs> I haven't seen a giddily in years. Can we amend this email? In the 54th episode, Pastor Wolfmuller joyfully, with a glad heart, exclaims how much he loves the game, answer the question asked, which made me wonder why you haven't played it recently. As Pastor W says, of all the games, it's my favorite game, except I actually mean it. <laughs> answer the question asked is a hoot. And as such, raises the usual standard from mediocre to almost decent. The mediocrity of your show defies description. Veronica, Fort Wayne Inn, somewhere. I don't know where. Fort right. Wayne Inn. She's, so she's, answer the question as. Let's do it. She recommends some some expert guests. And this is the reason, this is the answer to the question. Why don't we play this more often? It's because it takes experts. You know, th- this is one of those warning, do not play at home kind of a things. And... I I think we played this a bit more when I was at the seminary when there were experts around who could actually do this. Now that I want to do it though. Now that I'm in the sticks of Oregon, no one don't bump into these guys. You do though, but I, let's yeah, let's I'll give do. you a shot. Now that you're 40, maybe All you've right. reached the right. level of yeah, that's right. Okay, ninja theologian. So I got the wheel builder here. What do you want me to answer the question as? Lutheran? Ooh, uh, fun. Baptist? What else? Roman An- Catholic? A nihilist? Uh, that's your buzzword. <laughs> Nihilist. All right, uh, next. How many you got there? Five, four. So you need two more. Uh, yeah. Of course, it was two more because we played with dice originally. Uh, let's say uh, a Wiccan. Huh. And I want to make All this right. easy on you. Uh, bleeding Heart Liberal. Oh, lib. Okay. A pie wheel changes now. you got to come up with the questions. All right. Do you want six more, or how's it, how how you doing this? Or do you want me to just? Uh, yeah, you got to do your own wheel over there, buddy. All right. Well, how about I take the break and I'll work on my wheel, and then when we get back, we'll play the question, answer the question as answer novice the- edition here on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we want to hear from you. Call free number 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We're going to go straight to the Trello, and we'll answer in about seven months. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. You won't find a better show out there unless you try. The Daily Bible Meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we're mostly ready to play the game, answer the question as... And uh, you have a you have a thing to spin over there a number yeah yeah okay so do it Lutheran nihilist Baptist lib Wiccan do I have to get my okay I'll get my own I don't have a cool sound effect but that's okay do you have can you hear mine that sounds a lot like your mouth (laughs) (laughs) my mouth is just repeating (laughs) hear mine. All right. I'm not supposed to make sound effects now that I'm 40. All right. By the way, I, except for this. Only sound effect you're allowed to make when you're 40 plus is. Uh. <laughs> All right. Here's your first question. Are you ready? Number four. What's my chief goal? That's a kind of audience. You know, always before we were pandering for the, like, advanced degree educated young people, right? You know, we're looking for the doctors and highbrow, you know? Highbrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, we got It's a different, you know, it's a different demographic that we're shooting for. Yeah, no mouth sound effects. That's a great demographic. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spin my wheel here, and the first question I have for you is number four. What's my chief goal? Oh wow. Okay. Let me spin mine. Roman. Yep, Roman Catholic. Uh, you know, the the Roman Catholic Church talks about the beatific vision, by the way. So my chief goal is to finally ach- uh, to achieve the vision of heaven. Now, the problem is to get there, I need to attain a state of perfection. Um, not, not only to have my sins forgiven, but by, by the infusion of grace to accomplish meritorious good works that allows me to get to that beatific vision, and most people don't. In fact, most people don't expect to die and go to heaven, but rather to die and go to purgatory, where whatever lacks in my um, works uh, is made up for. I'm purified. I suffer my way into that perfection. That is my main goal to do those good works, and finally, at last, uh, by achieving perfection, either through my works or through the suffering and purgatory, to come to um, to come to the beatific vision. Hmm. How about that? That's pretty good. I like the... Dis- well, I liked... Uh, I thought you accurately portrayed, would be a better way to put it, um, the distinction between the beatific, beatific vision and uh, the purgatory. So... I mean, we, we might assume that, oh, yeah, well, you know, Catholics would have the same goal, heaven, right? But uh, there is a bit of a difference there or, or a, a process to get there, maybe a better way to put it. So 
Very good. Well, you ready for it? It is something. You know, when, oh, when you talk to your Catholic friends and they say, hey, you're going to go to heaven when you die, and they're like, ah, you, nobody knows. And and the Protestants are horrified because we're like, well, then that means you're going to go to hell or whatever. But no, the big, I mean, most Catholics expect to go to purgatory. That's the place. You know, very few make it to heaven, mm. at least on the first shot. Right, right. Yeah. If you have a maybe a rich nephew or something, you can get out sooner. All right, I, you ready for another question? I'm ready. All right, great. Uh, yes, number five. Oh, I was hoping you'd get number five. Okay, you have to answer the question, what's wrong with Lutheranism? And I, I, hope you okay. get, I hope you get number two, because you could answer that as the Lutheran, which oh, would totally apply. I almost got it. I almost got it, but it almost came in Lutheran, but it just tick, ticked over to Lib. Oh, good. Uh, the, what are the what are the liberal? What is the this is the liberal Christian? Am I am I a progressive uh, secular liberal or am I a Christian liberal? I mean, like, there's a big difference. But what's your uh, yeah? Let's do a Christian liberal. <clears throat> okay, Christian liberal. What's the problem with the Lutherans? Um, well, from the beginning, the problem with the Lutherans is that they have been obsessed with salvation and, in fact, individual salvation. Luther asked the question. Uh, how can a man find a gracious God? And, and probably when Luther said man, he just meant man and not even humanity. Who knows? But uh, but uh, how can a man find a gracious God? And so it has led to this um, to this obsession on individual salvation. Whereas what the Bible would teach us, in fact, in fact, we learn from the scriptures. Uh, that God is love, and so even the thought of God's wrath is, uh, we shouldn't even think about that, much less the idea that the wrath of God is is poured out on his son. This is completely antithetical to how Lutherans, who are always constantly talking about the gospel and the death of Jesus for our salvation and justification, are, um, are hugely in error about that. Huh. How about that? So, uh, you're the perspective of the Christian live of, of Lutheran Church is that you've that Luther or Lutherans have focused on man and salvation too much, rather than mm-hmm. things of this world. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think if I was playing this game, I would have focused that those darn Lutherans are too focused in the Word of God in particular, particularly a literal reading of the Word of God. Well, good thing you're not playing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, let's go. It's on. true, uh, by, but it is interesting. I mean, when you ask, because there are liberal Lutherans, right? And but this, what? this is the divide between. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Maybe in the Rocky Mountain district. I love your shock on that. <laughs> what? <laughs> liberal Lutherans. They, uh, that's the divide between the conservative and liberals is what do you, what do you take, what's your take on the scripture? And we're fundamentalists over here, you know, man, we believe God actually spoke a word and we have to believe it. Uh, the libs, no way, man. They're like, God get God talks to impressions and culture and everything. Did I've, I've told this uh, story a bunch lately. Uh, I thought I always told the story, but I've been telling it, and people said, we never heard that from you. Did I, I tell the story about when Father Bert and I were having lunch, and that Anglican guy came over? Yeah, yeah. Who, who said, that, okay, that Holy Spirit speaks through culture, and that's just racism? Mm-hmm. 
we got to keep talking like that because this idea that the Holy Spirit speaks through culture is just nonsense. And our insistence that God speaks through his word. I mean, look, at if if God always had said just precisely the things that we wanted to believe in the first place, then he wouldn't have to say anything. He just let us keep believing so that when so that when God speaks, it's going to it's going to stand in contradiction to what we want to what we want to think. So we should not be surprised that the Bible is going to be troublesome to us. But liberals can't handle that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do another one before we run out of time. Number one, what am I doing here? Okay, and I'm going to answer that question as a... I'm spinning it. Spin, 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 spin. So much for maturity. Lib... I don't want to do it as a lib. Do I? Can I? Yeah, do it again. That's part of the integrity of the game that I. Do it again. Okay. (laughs) Since when do we have integrity of any game on this show? (laughs) Roman Catholic again. All right, fine. What am I doing here as a Roman Catholic? I don't want to do it again here. (laughs) (laughs) Just spin till you find one you like. You know, whatever. Which one would you like? Roman Catholic. I don't want that again. What's this? Your wheel's broken. Ridiculous. A nihilist. What am I doing here as a nihilist? Well, that's easy. Nothing. <laughs> you know, nihilist is just like it's like it's like um, worldview loitering. <laughs> you know the sign says no loitering, just hanging out doing nothing. But they're like, that's the only option we know: hang out and do nothing. Nothing's nothing. Nothing. Well, I'm not even a thing. Who knows? Just a collection of atoms bouncing around. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, since we got time, I'll spin again. Oh, number two. Okay. Where did I come from? I'll do Nilis to make it easy. No Baptist. <laughs> uh, Baptist. This is fine, you know. Uh, the Baptist confesses, I think, you know, at least the conservative Baptists, there's all different kind of flavors of the Baptists, and it seems like they're getting more liberal by the minute. But anyway, there's some conservatives like my favorite Al Mohler, and they confess clearly that, uh, you know, we come from, uh, we come from God. We are created by God originally in his image and likeness. And, uh, even though we've fallen, the original creation gives us dignity, along with the fact that Jesus has taken on our flesh and blood, and that also gives us human dignity. So uh, we are human beings from the very moment of conception. The Baptists would also agree with that, at least if that's where you're asking what question you're asking there, where do we come from? Is that what you're getting at? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you think of any difference between the Lutheran perspective and the uh, Baptist perspective on where did I come from? <clears throat> Maybe only no, uh, no only after the fall is where the difference comes in because it's a question of the completeness of the fall. And while we both talk about the retained human dignity after the fall, they would also speak of the human will after the fall. Um, not the original Baptists, by the way. The original Baptists were much more Calvinists than our Baptists are today. But the Baptists today are all about the decision. Uh, they're all revivalized, so. But no, I don't think so. Do you? Can you think of a difference? No, no. The only thing is something that we talked about on on our other show or my other show about um, the reason for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. 
Um, I don't know if that's really it having is. to do with uh, with where we came from, but it does involve the first few moments in the Garden of Eden. Maybe we can talk about that after the break. Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right. Listen to some lounge music. Let's do it. Uh, And we'll be right back listening to uh, more lounge music on Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. And we're back. Table Talk Radio. All right, before the break, we were talking about differences in the Garden of Eden between the Lutheran perspective and the Baptist perspective. Now, this comes from Luther. It's pretty good. Uh, but the question always comes, why would God put this uh, tree, I guess the knowledge of good and evil, in the garden and even give us the possibility of sinning? And I think the typical response, whether it be officially Baptist or not, I don't know, but the typical response you get from most people is so that uh, that God doesn't want robots. Um, he wants people who can be exercisers of free will. So uh, he put it there to so that they could prove their love for him by not uh, eating from the tree, being obedient. But uh, Pastor, how would, a, how, would um, how would this be taken by maybe a Lutheran or perhaps by Martin Luther? Yeah, it, this is a um, Luther talks about how the tree is there so that we can worship God. And it's so fantastic because um, Luther points out that you, you can receive by faith uh, only the things that you can't receive by sight. So that what do Adam and Eve um, see all the time? They see life, et cetera, et cetera. What are they to believe? What what can they believe, I suppose? Uh, and that is uh, really only death. So that when the Lord uh, has to give something for them to believe, he has to give them a promise of death. So Adam and Eve would go to that tree and they would worship God by believing in the thing that they can't see. On the day that they eat of it, they will surely die. All right, let's play this again. Last round. Rolling the dice here. Um, oh, number three. There really is. What happens after I die? Okay, I click my... Roman Catholic. Really? <laughs> yeah. And apparently you're, you're, you're okay with that this time. All right, well, let, let's hear your oh, answer then. Okay. <laughs> People think that there's this big, massive doctrine in the Catholic Church. Hey, that doesn't sound like me. And they also think that it's nowhere biblical. <laughs> huh. And both Maybe of those video. Um, ideas are <laughs> actually incorrect. First, it's not a massive doctrine. And secondly, it's very biblical. It's not there's a three doctrine. things that Catholics believe. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Okay, so Stop the, first, the first two points is that it's not massive, but it is biblical. Tell me why yeah. there are things that are in the Bible that aren't massive doctrines. I don't even know what a massive doctrine is, but... But to say, Massive. oh, that's this a, is like this guy's like the Jonathan Fisk of Catholic priests over here. You see how, doesn't he kind of doesn't yeah, yeah. It remind you of that? It's like the Catholics. Some Catholic watch Worldview Everlasting says we need to find a good looking priest to do that for us. But there's not enough cut cutted scenes from this guy though. 
Um, but but yeah. it's like okay, yeah, that's clear. That that is in the Bible, but it's not a big deal to us. <laughs> like we it's we try massive. to downplay it. it. It's it's not it's massive. Not massive. It's normal size. But it is in the Bible, by the way. All right, uh, get Pastor Wolfender back here, and then we'll go. Okay, here's more of the video. Purgatory. Okay. A, that there exists some place of final purification. B, or two, um, we believe that that purification, that process, is painful or involves some discomfort. Three, we believe that the prayers of those on earth can assist those going through this final purification or process. That's it. That's that's it. Wait a second. Didn't Jesus pay the final price for our sins? Absolutely, he did. Wait a Jesus, minute. by his life, death, and resurrection on the cross, he took away the eternal consequence for our sin. Right? The eternal consequence for our sin is eternal separation from God, hell. So Jesus paid that price. He made it possible for us to have access to the Father. Dude, he made it possible for that? us. Well, to be stop rest- there. So that's a really interesting. Too. Yep. So he says that the death of Jesus makes it possible for us to have access to the Father. Now, this the the possibility of salvation. That um, so that Jesus didn't come to be the Savior. He became the one to be the possible. maker of salvation yeah. possible. Yep. Yeah. He's, that's very very different. He's the he's the the, the potential Savior. Hmm. I mean, you're you're the other side of that. Uh, Jesus made it possible, but but you're the completer, <laughs> I mean, right? You're the finisher. He's the starter. You're the finisher. I know what you think the Bible says. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. But uh, no, no, no. Uh, Jesus made it uh, a possibility, and then I guess what's remaining is your acts of works, which would be very good Roman Catholic doctrine. Yes. Okay, well, okay. I mean, that's right. That is Roman Catholic doctrine. This is purgatory. It's, it's an, and it's a pretty big deal. I mean, it's pretty massive if Jesus is just potential salvation. I mean, that... Uh, but, but see, this is the exact same way you'd hear a lot of uh, evangelicals talk, that Jesus made it possible for you to be forgiven, and now all you have to do is ask him into your heart or something like that. So that's really essentially Roman Catholic doctrine to talk that way. Yes, yeah, right. That's right. And and this, I mean, there's a profound unity between Roman Catholicism and evangelicalism in this, um, precisely in this uh, doctrine and teaching. Mm, okay, let's continue. You'd from damnation and have salvation. But we also know that all of our sins don't only have an eternal consequence, they also have a temporal consequence. Even if I'm forgiven because of God's grace, there is now some temporal or consequences in time, in myself, because of that. Even though I'm forgiven, I'm now attached to sin. Even though I'm- What I don't understand about this is that if they're temporal consequences, if they're consequences in time, then why do they follow me when I leave this time and space? Like, it seems to defy the very argument to say that, I mean, they're, they're no longer temporal consequences if they follow me after I die. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a crazy argument. Okay, so there's temporal consequences for sin. Um, he, yes, uh, s- sometimes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes there's not. You know, sometimes. Uh, I mean, there's always consequences for sin, and so you know, there's, um, you know, even if even if there's no, you know, I go and I, um, 
I, I think a greedy thought. Let's just take that for an example. And and maybe I don't act on it or nothing happens from it. And there's a consequence even in my own conscience from that sin. So that's there's it's true that there always is a consequence. But um but the idea that there's some sort of like cosmic balance that's happening here, and so while I'm saved from the eternal consequence of sin, but the temporal consequences of sin always still have to be punished. And if I don't, if I don't suffer those things in my own life, then I got to do it after this life. It's just, it's simply not in the scriptures. The Bible talks about, um, you know, to depart is to be with Christ. There, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, to, to, we, when we sleep, we open uh, to to see the eyes uh, of the Lord. I mean, all of this talk is set completely against this. Uh, it's just incredible. So really. s- something just occurred to me that that part of the Roman Catholic um, false doctrine of purgatory flows from its uh, bad ecclesiology, and that is this: that the that the the Catholics believe that that the Church holds both swords, whereas we would understand there's a distinction between what the Church does and what the state does or the family does, something like this. So, Pastor Wolf, mm-hmm. if someone mm-hmm. if someone comes to you and says Pastor, I robbed a bank. I'm sorry. You would say, in the stand by the command of Christ, I forgive you of all your sins, but the state still has a consequence for that person. Or if someone says, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I cheated on my wife, uh, but I'm sorry. You'd say, I, in the stand by the command of Christ, I forgive you of all your sins, but um, you have you still have to you know answer to your spouse or whatever. Uh, so, uh, the, the the Pope thinks that he has this authority to release you of your temporal consequences, i.e. purgatory, because he holds both swords. <laughs> you see what I mean? So so that, I mean, uh, apparently you can buy an indulgence or the Pope has the authority to spring people from purgatory, but what, what authority does the Pope really have to end your temporal consequences otherwise? So there's this false right. distinction going on between, well, first of all, what the, the authority of the church has, but there's also a false distinction between um, temporal consequences and eternal consequences if those temporal consequences follow us after we die. That's right. Want more? That's right. It's a pr- very, very good point. Yeah, I'm sure. forgiven, I now have a kind of a proclivity towards that same sin. Even though I'm forgiven, there are some consequences in time, temporal, that I have to deal with. What purgatory is all about is because of God's grace, because of his mercy, because of his love, he has released us from those eternal consequences of sin, a.k.a. hell. But he also desires to free us from the temporal consequences of sin. This is biblical because in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, oh, St. Paul even says, he says, those of you who are Christians, you build with various materials, but the day of the Lord is coming and it will burn like a fire. And if you've built on the foundation of Christ, because you're a Christian, right? Built on the foundation of Christ with anything other than precious materials, those things that are straw and those things that are wood, those things that are not precious, those things that can't endure, they'll be burned up as through... Okay, so the, the, the Bible doesn't actually say those of you who are Christians. The context of First Corinthians would actually say that Paul's teaching to those uh, teachers, those who are building upon the foundation of what the uh, apostles gave, are you preaching Christ and him crucified? Well, then that's a, a foundation that lasts and exists. But those who teach things other than Christ and crucified, well, that's not a foundation that exists. So it's uh, they're applying this, this metaphor that St. Paul uses to all Christians, when it's really just to the teachers of the church. Right. That's right. No, that's right. Um, and uh, 
And there's something more there too, because um, just about a you know, few you seconds es- here. You escape is by through fire, but this is it says nothing about this long kind of suffering. What what the what the scriptures speak uh, when they speak of the death of Jesus is the full release that he gives for the forgiveness of sins. And that's our joy, and that's our confidence. And that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Uh, Where the points are worth nothing. You get it? (laughs) Oh, you didn't get the buzzword, though. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to include sentences of aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. That amazes me that the best proof text they have is that 1 Corinthians passage.